Welcome to the Critical Care Obstetrics Podcast. My name is Julie Arafay, Simulation Director at Clinical Concepts and Obstetrics. The topic for discussion today is Obstetric Life Support, a new program addressing maternal cardiac arrest and severe maternal morbidity. It's my pleasure to introduce Dr. Andrea Shields to the Critical Care Obstetrics Podcast audience. Dr. Shields currently serves as an Associate Professor and Maternal Fetal Medicine Fellowship Program Director for the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at the University of Connecticut Health. Dr. Shields is a specialty and subspecialty board examiner for the American Board of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. She currently serves on the Governance Committee, Continuing Education Committee, and Committee on Practice Bulletins for Obstetrics for the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. She is also a member of the Education Committee for the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine. She is the co-creator of Obstetrics Life Support, a multidisciplinary evidence-based curriculum for healthcare providers to train on prevention and management of maternal cardiac arrest. This curriculum is the first course to focus exclusively on this important clinical area and may help contribute to reducing the rising rate of severe maternal morbidity and mortality. In addition to her interest in reducing maternal mortality, she is a nationally recognized expert in maternal sepsis and cervical insufficiency. I would like to add that I attended the first annual virtual uh, conference on obstetric life support and just found the information incredible. As a matter of fact, I we highlighted some of the information from the conference in a previous podcast. So with that, welcome, Andrea. Thank you so much, Julie. It's a pleasure to be here. Many of us have been hearing about OB life support Uh, as I said, at the first annual virtual conference or in our own national conferences. But I want to get into a little bit more of of your explanation of obstetric life support. So can you explain to the audience what OBLS is, obstetric life support, and who it's for? Thank you for that question. So OBLS, um, as you said, obstetric life support is uh, an evidence-based simulation training curriculum that we developed. It's really focused on looking at the prevention, recognition, and treatment of maternal medical emergencies that can lead to maternal cardiac arrest. Um, So our participants who take the course complete what we call a blended learning curriculum that consists of four hours of self-guided pre-course work with a manual that we developed, um, and then a six-hour in-person instructor-led simulation course. And our course materials are customized to both pre-hospital healthcare workers as well as hospital healthcare workers. Um, And we've developed Medicode scenarios, which are simulated maternal cardiac arrest scenarios, um, and selected them based on the prevalence of what we call the proximate cause or the most likely cause of a, of a maternal collapse um, that can lead to maternal cardiac arrest. And this was determined by our expert panel, of which you're, you know, I know um, acutely aware of because you were one of our experts. Um, so during the training, we have um, our participants train on a variety of maternal medical emergencies um, and, and on maternal cardiac arrest. And some examples would include things like postpartum hemorrhage, 
um, amniotic fluid embolism, sepsis, um, opioid overdose, uh, just, just to name some examples. And we developed two distinct um, interdisciplinary simulation training courses, uh, each with a customized, what we call low fidelity simulation mannequin, um, recognizing that many maternal medical emergencies happen um, outside the hospital. So one of our training courses is targeted at pre-hospital community-based emergency medical services, healthcare professionals that work in a field environment. So for example, a paramedic or a um, emergency medical technician or EMT. And then the second is uh, hospital-based courses that are targeting healthcare professionals who work in hospital settings or urgent care settings. Um, so uh, healthcare workers such as physicians or advanced practice providers, nurses or technicians. And specifically we work um, with a target audience uh, in emergency medicine, uh, labor and delivery, and the intensive care unit, as well as anesthesiology. Um, so we believe that targeting these two main groups will improve response to maternal medical emergencies throughout what we call the chain of survival. So that's from pre-hospital to in-hospital um, medical emergencies. And this really differentiates our course from many courses out there that focus either exclusively on hospital-based audiences uh, or a single specialty or a single group within the specialty, such as nurses. It, so it sounds like this course is really for anyone pre-hospital or in the hospital who may come in contact with an OB patient. Yeah, exactly. So we really tried to think about, you know, if you're pregnant or postpartum and you're having a um, medical emergency, who, who would be the healthcare workers who would be taking care of you? starting from where that event might occur, whether that occurs you know, outside the hospital or inside the hospital. I think one of the most exciting things, I think about the whole curriculum and the manual that you've put together is the fact that we now have a, a place where we can go and reference back where everyone is on the same page. And I think that's what's been missing because I go out and do education here and there, mostly simulation-based, and I find that um, my colleagues in the emergency room and out in the field are not as comfortable with pregnancy, and they just um, don't feel that comfortable. So having this curriculum out there, I think, is really important. Yeah, Julie, I mean, that's exactly what um, our team kind of recognized early on is I, I call it the window of vulnerability where you have a, a pregnant or postpartum mom who's becoming more critically ill or is deteriorating. And you have um, perhaps, let's say, for example, the OB nurse and the OB doctor taking care of her. But as she becomes sicker, they, they begin to get more uncomfortable. And then you have your contingency teams like your ICU doctor or your ER doctor who's on a rapid response team who's, who's actually called to this um, deterioration event and they see that she's pregnant and, and that's really uncomfortable for them as well. So we really wanted to target that particular window of vulnerability to help people um, have more confidence and knowledge and skills when responding to those kinds of events. And we may have kind of touched on this briefly, but what prompted your group to develop OBLS? Well, thank you for that question. You know, you, you've touched on it on other podcasts 
Um, we, we all know that the maternal mortality rate in the United States is rising and it ranks highest among the developed countries. And cardiovascular disease is one of the leading causes of maternal death. At the same time, we know that over 80% of pregnancy-related deaths are preventable with more timely, appropriate care. Um, in 2015, the American Heart Association published evidence-based guidelines for maternal cardiac arrest care. However, despite you know, the, the presence of those guidelines, despite the rising pregnancy maternal mortality rates, um, knowledge of the resuscitation techniques among credentialed professionals, including obstetricians, is still variable and often inadequate. Um, and we did preliminary trials uh, with our course, and we showed just that only about 10% of non-trained OBLS participants evaluated by blinded instructors could actually pass a megacode scenario of uh, maternal cardiac arrest. So our work kind of just showed what previous work had showed in this arena. Um, so we really wanted to um, focus on creating a national credentialing standard for managing these types of events. So for, for example, um, cognitive and technical skill mastery for pediatric cardiac arrest is reviewed and tested as part of um, basic and advanced life support courses. And in fact, they have their own independent platform called Pediatric Advanced Life Support. Mm -hmm. That's been around for about 35 years. And what they found is that the um, maternal or the mortality rates for um, kids between the ages of five and 14 have gone down. And so the mortality rates uh, for, for the pediatric age population is about 13.7 per 100,000. Um, and when you compare that to the maternal mortality rate, it's about half. So there's about 23.8 deaths per 100,000. This was all back in 2020. Um, so, you know, we, we scratch our heads wondering why do we have an independent um, credentialing course uh, for that age group in children and not one for pregnant women and postpartum women. So we just decided to come together and, and do something about it. Um, unfortunately, none of the national leading organizations right now have dedicated independent platforms for national creden credentialing standard for managing maternal cardiac arrest. So we felt it really important we amplify the voices of our patients who either no longer had a voice because they've succumbed to these devastating complications of pregnancy or whose voices are muted because they're dealing with long-term disability due to severe maternal morbidity. Um, we also recognize that training healthcare workers in silos is not as effective as interdisciplinary training. So we really emphasize this in our courses as well. I couldn't agree more. You know, with my work in simulation, sometimes I see nurse-led simulations and physician-led simulations in the same institution. And when they come together to perform in an emergency, it's just not as smooth as places where I see a combined interprofessional simulation effort. So that I think I think, as I said, that baseline of having a, a, a standard to go back to is so incredibly, incredibly important. So how was your curriculum developed and how is this different from other courses such as ACLS or ALSO? So we developed OBLS uh, um, learning objectives, format and content over about 15, a 15 month process. And it was really rigorous. We actually selectively recruited 
um, several subject matter experts. And I think it's worth um, mentioning what those disciplines were because it was very diverse. So we had experts in anesthesiology, cardiology, critical care medicine, emergency medicine, emergency medical services such as paramedics and EMTs or emergency medical technicians. We had experts in neonatology, maternal fetal medicine, midwifery, neurology, nursing, obstetrics, and experts in resuscitation and simulation. We even had a patient representative who had survived a maternal cardiac arrest because we felt it was really important. We had a patient voice in the group. We had an expert in uh, communication and healthcare, as well as a biostatistician. And we not only recruited diversity in the specialties, but we also uh, geographically recruited pe people from the five regions in the United States, as well as in Canada. We also had representation in those who identified as female and underrepresented minorities. We then conducted a pilot assessment or formative assessment of the OBLS course with interdisciplinary healthcare professionals with varying experience levels, followed by a randomized trial. And we're pleased to say that both our pilot study results and our randomized trial results were very, very promising, showing that the majority of participants significantly improved their knowledge, skills, and confidence in managing maternal medical emergencies and cardiac arrest after the training. And to my knowledge, uh, none of the other courses that were mentioned have proven efficacy through a randomized trial. So this would be one thing that differentiates our course from those that you mentioned. Other than that, uh, one thing that's very unique to our course is that we do offer a pre-hospital training course with training and testing scenarios that are customized to those responding to emergencies in the field. We feel that it's critically important for the chain of survival for our pregnant moms as not all moms start their emergencies in the hospital. A fair number of them have maternal medical emergencies that they call 9114 um, outside the hospital. And we know that um, from the 2018 National Emergency Medical Services Information System data set that there are over 100,000 EMS activations for emergency obstetric events every year. And that one third of these events are documented as being high acuity, similar to the maternal or uh, emergency obstetric warning signs criteria. So they would classify as maternal medical emergencies. And really any one of these medical emergencies could result in maternal collapse or maternal cardiac arrest if not managed appropriately. Moreover, we know that the pre-hospital healthcare workers feel unprepared for these events. In fact, a survey conducted jointly by the National Association of Emergency Medical Technicians and the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology of over 1,700 EMS providers around the United States demonstrated that less, of, less than half of the respondents feel they have the adequate knowledge of the altered physiology of pregnant and postpartum patients, and nearly 75% of the respondents do not ask if patients have been pregnant within the past year. So this really demonstrates the need for increased awareness of urgent maternal warning signs that indicate various pregnancy-related complications, especially during those 12 months postpartum. Lastly, you know, our course is really different from the other courses in that um, we target interdisciplinary training teams because we really want to mirror real-world responses to maternal medical emergencies and maternal cardiac arrest. Um, we teach early recognition and an initial management of maternal uh, collapse to prevent the maternal cardiac arrest. We teach the modifications in BLS and ACLS in maternal cardiac arrest. 
And then we go on to teach about post-arrest care, including debriefing the team and discussing challenging information with family members. And for our pre-hospital audience, we teach communication and transport of the critically ill maternal patient in cardiac arrest. So these are some of the things I think that makes our course stand out amongst uh, the courses that are currently offered. You know, one of the things that I found really interesting, um, both participating in the expert panel and kind of listening to some of the content that was presented in the virtual conference, is it's always interesting to me when a standard practice, like with EMTs, when someone's in cardiac arrest, they try to get the patient back um, before they move the patient. So they'll do a lot of things to get the patient's rhythm back before they move them. And what we know in obstetrics is they need to do exactly the opposite. So anytime there's a converse relationship to what you would typically do, that is such important information to get out to people. So I think that that that's one of the incredible, incredibly valuable pieces of information and training that that they can get. And I didn't realize it. And I've worked with maternal cardiac arrest for a long time. And I, I never thought about that perspective of the pre-hospital provider until I heard their perspective. And I thought, oh my gosh, yeah, that has to be fixed almost immediately. Um, so I think that that really speaks to the hard work that your group has done to really get all these voices at the table and make this this course really relevant to all of us. So um, I'm I'm really really excited about this program. So when is the OBLS going to start, and and how can people get the OBLS manual? Yeah, so our team is currently working with an international partner for dissemination of, of OBLS. Um, first, we're targeting the United States and North America, and then hopefully we can look at dissemination on a global scale. Um, we want to make sure that the training is, number one, affordable. Um, number two, um, is offered to as many of our target audience members as possible, including those serving in low resource areas and rural communities that have been affected by hospital closures. And then um, we want to make sure that the quality of training is preserved. So we have actually piloted the course outside of our trials and we'll continue to pilot in different contexts to make sure that these priorities are maintained. Um, so we hope to that we will soon be able to offer the course uh, nationwide. Until that time, anyone can pre-order our OBLS training manual um, that is set for release on August 15th of this year. And a link to pre-order the manual is provided at our website, which is www.obls.org. Or you can you know, go on an internet search for obstetric life support manual, and it's offered at a variety of, of vendors as well. That sounds great. And um, I know our audience has heard about the OBLS website before. Um, we mentioned that in the podcast on ScanMe one of the mnemonics and i i just want to underscore that that is only one of the very very helpful cognitive aids and mnemonics that have been thoughtfully developed by this variety of providers that have come together 
And I think that's, that's one of the things that I've seen as I've trained people in maternal cardiac arrest is it's something we don't do very often. And sitting down and looking at those common causes and now what is the next best step for management or reversal when you determine what has initiated the arrest, that I think is, is crucial to have in a cognitive aid. So all of those, those cognitive, cognitive aids have been developed and are in the manual. And I think they're gonna be incredibly helpful when people are faced with maternal cardiac arrest, which we know could happen at any time and, and does happen. So any final thoughts that you have that you wanna share with the audience? Yeah, I'd just like to, you know, really say thank you to all the experts that came together. You know, one great thing about this course is that um, we looked at a lot of the uh, literature that was out there and we started calling all the first authors, you know, to the papers and they picked up the phone and they all said yes, including you. <laughs> so we're really thankful that everyone, you know, um, volunteered their, their time and their passion um, to and, and saw the vision of what we were trying to do. Um, and also to the Agency of Healthcare Research and Quality who funded the development of this course um, and a lot of the dissemination that we're currently doing. So uh, I hope that everyone um, checks out the manual and I hope that soon everyone can sign up for courses. We're really excited and we're hoping that ultimately we, we can save more, more lives of, of mothers and postpartum patients uh, around our country and around the world. I do too. I, I think it's such, it's, it's been a top topic that's been a passion of mine for years. So um, I was really honored to participate in any way in the, OBL, the uh, development and, and support of OBLS. Well, thank you for sharing your time and information about OBLS, Andrea, and thanks to the audience for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can learn more about our company at www.clinicalconceptsnob.com. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, Clinical Concepts and Obstetrics, on Twitter at OB Critical Care, and on Instagram at Critical Care OB. Email us or send us a direct message for suggestions on future podcasts. This podcast was produced by Austin Baird. Are you looking to create a podcast? Please email me at podcastnashville at gmail. That is podcastnashville at gmail.com.